Season 3, Episode 9, Harsh vs. Pleasing Speakers. When we are in the studio making our beats, we're often listening on our reference monitor speakers, or we may be using studio headphones. And you have to understand that these audio devices are meant to replicate naturalness in the music, flat. And so when we're mixing our music, when we are working with our music, you have to understand that your music can sound really harsh through them. As soon as you listen to your music through some pleasing speakers, and this is typically just kind of um, consumer kind of speakers, your music all of a sudden sounds a lot more pleasing. Okay, we're going to talk about that in this episode. Before we get into this episode, I sent out a survey about the next beat making course coming to the platform. The majority of people want to see Serum. I asked you the question about, you know, what's causing you the most frustration about beat making. Some of you left some really, really good questions and I could definitely create some courses off of that information. So thank you for that. Okay. Again, also, if you want to stay updated with the website, check out the resources page. So just go to itsgratuitous.com forward slash resources. Again, you will see the free teaser of the drum bundle trio. You'll sign up, you'll get some free sounds just to get an idea of the drum kit. I also follow up with some uh, free training about, you know, how to make drum loops, how to buy drum samples. There's also, again, that three exclusive videos if you want to learn FL Studio, some really helpful videos to get you up and running. There's also the five keys to a successful beat book. Again, just go to itsgratuitous.com forward slash resources. That's a great way for you guys to get started learning about how I can help you learn to make beats, okay? Now, again, the reason I want to talk about harsh speakers and pleasing speakers is because, again, I am going through Beat Tapes by Gratuitous Volume 10. All right. So for those who are new, I create beat tapes. And the reason I like to release a beat tape is it's amazing for practice. OK, the art of learning to create an album is being lost in this industry. Most of the time when people are releasing their music, they're just releasing one beat or one song at a time. Even if they do release an album, it's more of like what we call like an EP, which is like six tracks or something. So anyways, in volume 10 now of Beat Tapes by Gratuitous, again, I usually try to release about 10 tracks per beat tape. And so I do all the beat making, all the arrangement, all the mixing, all the mastering. And now I'm in the final listening stage. So what does that mean? Well, for me, I'm not in a very good listening environment in my studio. I have eight inch reference monitor speakers. I have a subwoofer and that allows me to really make my beats and feel the music. Essentially, I can I can feel the bass and the speakers. They are pretty clear. I'm able to mix half decent well, but I always like to listen to the music on different audio systems uh, before I actually release it. OK, and that's what I'm doing right now. And so what I have been doing is. I have been using an old iPod, all right? And so what I've been doing, so let's say we work in a single project. Let's say the project is beat one, okay? Inside of beat one, that is the beat, the arranged beat, the mixed beat, and the mastered beat all in one project. I just like to do it that way. It's usually the easiest way to work in my opinion. And so once that beat I think is done, I will export it you know, all the beats. So I export all the beats, I'll load them onto the iPod. And when I, when I load it onto an iPod, I make sure just to delete like all like the music and then I always make sure to re-upload the new versions every time just so that you're never listening to an old copy by accident thinking that, you know, it, um, you got the new one on there. 
And so once I have all the beats loaded on, right now I only have nine. I still have to just work on one more, but um, I think I'm pretty much complete all nine right now. Um, but anyway, so I listen through all of them one by one, and there's a couple things I'm listening for. Number one, just loudness and completeness and balance, making sure that the actual track is just very polished sounding. I'm also listening to the fade out of the song. So in other words, when the song finishes, when it's transitioning to the next song, I'm listening for, does that have enough space in it? If it's too rushed, it, it, you know, it just sounds too rushed because again, I am creating what's called like an album here. And in an album, you have to think about the fade outs and even the fade in if you want to do that too. Anyways, this time around, I'm actually pushing my music just a little bit louder than I normally do in my masters. I'm just kind of finding that these tracks have a nice sweet spot of where I'm pushing them. And I'm just finding some of the tracks are really, really full and balanced sounding. And that really does come down to just wise sound selection when I was making the beat. Some of the tracks, some of the sound selection, I guess, is just kind of poor. And I'm just trying to make it work, if that makes sense. Now, to the average person, they're really not going to hear a difference. But to me, I just feel that some of the beats are a little bit more hollow sounding, whereas some of the other ones are way more balanced. And typically, the ones that are more balanced sounding you can actually push them much louder in the mastering stage and you're not really going to hear audible distortion. When you have poor sound selection, it's going to be a lot harder to push your master loud. For example, there's this one specific song on the beat tape right now. Uh, the track name is called There's No Other Lord, but it's causing me problems to push it loud. And it's actually, I noticed, quite a bit quieter than the other tracks and I'm still getting distortion when I'm pushing it you know, when I'm trying to push up to that equal loudness, even when I pull it back, I'm still getting a little bit of distortion, especially when the, when those kick drums hit and stuff. And so this could be for a couple of reasons. One, yes, maybe poor sound selection. Number two, in the mixing stage, I may not have been aggressive enough with compression and distortion. Okay. Some of these other tracks on the beat tape, maybe I was a little bit more aggressive. And again, when you are applying more distortion, a lot of the time you're actually applying more balance to the music because what happens like a distortion is essentially like a form of kind of like compression or limiting. But what makes distortion more special is that it's adding frequencies, making the music sound a lot fuller than what it originally was. And when you can work on each track individually and you combine them all together, again, the mastering stage, you can push it a lot louder. So the main point of this episode is... So when I'm working in my studio, and even when I'm working on different um, speakers within my residence, some of the speakers I've been listening to are a little bit too natural sounding, a little bit too harsh sounding, and that's good and bad. This is good kind of like in the initial mixing stages of the song, but then sometimes I'm telling you it's nice to listen on just consumer speakers because you listen to your music in a much more pleasing way. All of those kind of harsh things that are spiking out at you normally, if you listen on more pleasing speakers, you're just like, wow, like I can actually just kind of sit back and just maybe just listen to the music right now. Whereas when I'm listening in my studio, it's like I get so analytical. And another thing to mention is because I've been creating these FL Studio courses for a while now, you know, uh, this release... You know, I try to, I want to try to hold myself up to like a standard of like, you know, practice what you preach, but I will say like, I'm more of a beat maker. Like I really like making beats, the mixing I'm not in, as strong in and the mastering definitely not as strong in, but I like to do them. I like to learn them. And the more you practice them, the better you're going to get. But in the beat making is really where I specialize. So 
when it comes to this release, like usually I used to be able to release beat tapes super quick because I would just make the beat, do some mixing, and I just release them. This time around, I am wanting to just like slow it down a little bit. And I've just been really listening through, trying to listen for just completeness out of each track, making sure it's all sounding good. But that's just something I've really, really noticed this time around is just the types of speakers I'm listening on. So when we're in the studio, something that could be a little harsher sounding, a little more, uh, you know, things kind of stick out a lot more. When you're listening on more consumer speakers, it's more pleasing. So I, what I've been doing is I just go on a little bike ride uh, where I live. It's there's like a little forest. So it's just go up there, put some earbuds in, go for a bike ride. Don't really have to worry about any vehicles or anything like that. And then I just listen from beginning to end of this beat tape. The beat tape is like, I don't know, maybe 30 minutes, 45 minutes kind of thing. So that's enough time for, you know, a little session out there. And then I come back, I make some quick tweaks. And then the next time I go, I will just kind of listen. Did I kind of fix what I did? Now, I'll give you one other little tip that I've been doing to do revisions, okay? Revisions is if we worked on the track, we need to adjust it a little bit. That's revision one. Same thing, revision two, revision three. So this time around, I've been approaching it just a little bit different. And what I've been doing is I've actually been copying and cloning that project. And I've been putting V2, V3, V4, V5. Um, and then I'm just working my way all the way until I'm happy with the release. Usually I used to just kind of keep working in that same project. And I just kind of tweak it just a little bit wherever I needed. And then I'd keep exporting it. But this time around, I have just been doing a copy paste and then just putting V1, V2 right beside it kind of thing. And, and that seems to be working out pretty good. On some of the tracks, I'm on version 7. On some of the tracks, I was just like on version 4. All right, so I just wanted to share my story of what I've been experiencing regarding harsh speakers and pleasing speakers. Working in the studio all the time, again, I am using the Yamaha HS8Ms. I think they're now the ADMs, but I have the older version, I think. And I just find that they're very, very flat. They're very just pretty truthful speakers for the most part. And I just find that they're just a little bit harsh if you're always listening to them all the time. When I start listening on more consumer speakers, I was actually able just to listen to my music a lot more enjoyably. And a lot of those problems I was hearing kind of go away. Now that's good and bad. Good because... You're not so focused on just like one little hi-hat or something, but bad because maybe you're not hearing what's actually being heard. And if someone is listening to your music in different environments, you know, so that's always the goal. Translation. Does the beat work in multiple systems, multiple audio speakers? So even for these earbuds, I was just using just basic like um, Apple iPod ones. I have these little black Sony ones. I think they're like $14. Great. And one thing I want to share is I... One time I actually purchased these more expensive in-ear monitors. They were quite expensive, significantly more money than just an average earbud. And it's okay, right? I find it's really finicky. Um, so just be very careful with marketing when it comes to audio equipment. <laughs> like honestly, like, like the amount of money I paid for them and the experience I've gotten out of them is nowhere near the... $14 I paid for these black Sony earbuds, which are awesome. Like I really, really like them. They're just like, I, I find that they're full balanced. They're comfy in the ear. And I don't have to worry about if I break them because they're only $14. Also check out the website. 
and visit the course pages, okay? So if you go to the shop, visit a course page. I totally revamped and updated it. I think it's really cool. At the moment, it's kind of like a purple background. If you guys are ever wondering like what I'm doing in the background, at the moment, I'm working so heavily on the website still. And you might be like, well, what am I working on? I don't want to get too much into it, but when we have a website, there's what's called assets, okay? So there's CSS, which is like how your website is styled. Then there's JavaScript, which is JS, which um, allows you to kind of control your website in very cool ways. And without getting too technical, what happens is when you load a web page, a lot of times it can be loading a lot of extra files slowing down the website. And that's what I've been focusing on right now. I'm trying to what's called unload certain files that don't need to be loaded. Because when I talk to you guys about plugins, a website is no different when it comes to music production for plugins. Okay. So how it works is let's say we have FL Studio. FL Studio is our DAW. Okay. Built into FL Studio was pretty much everything you need to get up and running to have a basic music program, right? You have EQs, compression, reverb, you even have synthesizers. They even give you stock one-shot drum samples, right? But if you want further enhancement to that DAW, you're going to get a plugin, right? And this is why I always talk to you about be very careful with plugins because on the website, you need to install plugins if you want to have additional functionality. For example, if you guys are viewing the course viewing area in the platform, that is a plugin. Some plugins are paid, some plugins are free. It's no different than music production. But on the website, what happens is sometimes if you install a plugin, that plugin can what's called behave badly and they start loading files in different areas of the website and they start slowing it down. And I finally now have some time to look at that, uh, improve performance because, you know, when it comes to Google being found on Google, it's all about speed. So anyways, when I talk to you about make sure to get good plugins that work well, that you know will last you for the long term, that's why I speak so, I guess, knowledgeable in that area because with the website, what happens is, let's say a developer releases a plugin, just like in music production, this is it's it's like the exact same correlation. Let's say FL Studio updates, and then now let's say that old plugin is buggy. If that developer was not profitable in their business or they don't update their plugin, that plugin would be unusable in new versions of FL Studio, let's say. And it's the same thing with the website stuff. Like sometimes a developer creates a free plugin or a paid plugin, and then the website keeps getting updated, but the actual plugin is not updated and it can start breaking the website too. But I'm finally at a point where the website is finally organized. And this is essentially the last biggest thing is just looking into what we call asset management. And I want to unload certain files to speed up the website. And uh, then we will be getting right into some more content. All right. As you can see, I've been releasing these podcasts trying to do it every Thursday, which is good. I will try to stay consistent with that for you guys. And I want to start getting into new courses and new books and just focus solely on that stuff and give you guys the best experience because the website is now built up and running, super clean, super organized. I hope you guys as members are enjoying. And if you guys are brand new, again, visit the resources page and you guys can select what you would like for your education from me to get some free training. Okay. So it's gratuitous.com forward slash resources. 
There is the free drum bundle trio sounds. I talk about that drum kit a lot. The full version has 2,300 drum samples. If you sign up, you just get a little teaser pack just to hear what is a high quality drum kit. And then I send you some follow-up emails about drum loop training and how to buy drum kits. Again, you got to be a little bit careful out there. There's no standards when it comes to selling a drum kit. So in other words, if you find a drum kit for $40 and has 40 sounds, or if someone offers a sound kit for $20 and it has 10,000 sounds, you know, there's really no standard for that stuff. And then again, there is the three free exclusive FL Studio videos where if you sign up, I will break down how to set up FL Studio how to set up your music folder, how to get just a really good experience as a beat maker, okay? Again, just itsgratuitous.com forward slash resources. You'll, you, you will see tons of different ways to sign up, get some free training, and then it's up to you if you want to join the platform. I will be getting on this new Serum course next week. So be on the lookout for that. Again, thank you to everyone who filled out the survey. Uh, Serum was the winner. And then uh, the next course will be Silent One. And my goal to, for these courses is not like a super in-depth course. Like what does everything do? The main point I will be getting across to you is how can we use these tools as beat makers? If you have been watching tutorials and they're showing you, oh, here's how you design this certain sound or how do you design this certain sound? That's fine. But you ask yourself the question, are you actually learning how to make beats? Are you still struggling? And if you are, that's going to be the whole point of this serum course. So this will be a serum course specifically aimed at beat makers. It's not going to be super in depth in regards to sound design, but we will be talking about how to use it as a beat maker. Again, I have tons of premium serum packs. Again, you can visit the website there, click on shop under the sounds tab, just to get a quick little peek. Uh, and I'll be walking through how Serum works, we will design some types of sounds, and then near the end of the course, we will make a little beat all based off of Serum, and I'll show you what I'm saying, how we're gonna be using it as a beat maker, because when you go through presets, it doesn't matter if it's Serum, Silent One, Pigments, any of these synthesizers, what you'll notice when you go through the default presets, some of them are not designed for beat makers, and a lot of people don't understand that. So when they go to make their beats, and they're trying to play their MIDI keyboard, trying to play the sounds, and they're just, they just feel they just can't play good chords. They just can't find good melodies and stuff. I'm telling you, high quality sounds has a big part in that. Obviously, yes, you have to know how to play the piano. You have to know the keys. You have to know the chords because it makes it easier, right? But when you have low quality sounds or sounds that just really aren't usable for beat makers, you will see how much harder it is to make beats. When you have sounds that are designed for beat makers, you'll be like, wow, okay, these are super usable sounds. In other words, we can quickly make our melodies, we can quickly play chords, and then if we start adding in multiple sounds over top of each other, they all kind of work together. All right, and that's what I'll share with you in the course, what to look for, what makes a sound specifically for a beat maker. Because again, we have film music, we have sound design when you're designing all these sounds. But as a beat maker, we need to have the presets that are for beat makers. So again, sign up to the email list by going to itsgratuitous.com forward slash resources. Sign up for what's interesting to you. You will get that free download, whatever the resource is, and you'll get some free additional training. And you'll also be updated when I ever release, you know, the new course survey or stuff like that. You guys will always be updated in behind the scenes. Okay, thanks for listening. Visit itsgratuitous.com and I'll talk to you in the next episode.